we were just counting up the gifts of the Spirit. You know, we've been talking about gifts of the Spirit the past several weeks in this service. Um, and we were counting up how many, you know, we recognized being in manifestation during those meetings. And we, we added, there were seven out of the nine gifts of the Spirit. That I think all but the working of miracles and the gift of special faith. Yeah. No, those two, all the other ones we could identify happening in one form or fashion during those meetings. So we're excited about that, and that's what we want. There, there's a mandate on this church. That's one of the mandates for this church is to be a beacon of the supernatural. And I, I didn't say a beacon of the weirdness, right? A beacon of the supernatural, right? That's what changes life. It just makes it not natural, just not natural, but it's God. Amen. Amen. And we are going to see more. We're going to see an increase in those demonstrations and the gifts of the Spirit operating as we come into a greater understanding. Amen. So that's why um, Chris has been teaching you. This is, this is material. This is not just for the shallow Christianity, right? It's things he's been teaching and like maturing in the ministry class on the gifts of the Spirit. But as we become more knowledgeable and understanding how those gifts operate, and our expectancy, right? We're going we're gonna to experience more. And, you know, over in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it does say, you know, that these gifts operate as the Spirit wills. But I believe he's more willing than we think he is, right? He's more willing. He's willing. He's willing. But we have to learn how to cooperate. Amen. We have to learn how to cooperate. And not only that, we have to be a vessel and when I say a vessel, I just mean a person that he can use. Amen. Amen. And so he's, he's been teaching us about the Holy Spirit and his gifts so that we can become skillful. And that was another thing. Mentoring, hey, if you haven't been out to mentoring, you should come out to mentoring, right? <laughs> because, well, there's not mentoring tomorrow. Sorry. But next week, but next week, um, it's just been really good. And we're talking about. We, we are not going to give up on these things. We're not going to lose sight of these. We're not going to stop reaching for more of God. Even maybe we, we have not slightly in the least achieved where he wants us to achieve in the spirit. Amen. But we're going to keep reaching. We're going to keep reaching for it. Amen. So we need to be skillful. Now, I'm, I am, sports is not my thing. Okay. But I like stories, I think, just will help you remember this message, okay? So, sports is not my thing. But I'm talking about being skillful, right? Okay. So, I'm going to give you a couple funny stories. So, remember, sports is not... Rex did not learn sports from me. <laughs> okay. So, I did play basketball. What, my mom's probably going, you did? <laughs> yeah, I played... Yeah, she got that. I played a one little league season, Okay. And I didn't play it again after that because I think I got hit in the head with the ball. Yeah, and that was the end of my basketball career. <laughs> okay, and my friend that I knew for a long time in high school, well, she should have known better than to ask me to fill in for her on her softball league in college. 
it was not a college thing. It was a league thing. But anyway, but I'm older now. I should know how to do some things. She forgot that I, fact that she never saw me play a single sport in school, right? And I'm like, well, I mean, I can catch the ball, you know. And so, we, I, you know, they, didn't, they couldn't play if I didn't join them, you know, because their person was out. So she took me, and we threw the ball back and forth, and I can catch the ball like that. <laughs> I can catch the ball like that. But then they put me on third base. I cannot catch the ball like that. <laughs> okay? Well, I, a part of my body did catch the ball, but it was not my hand. Okay? The, I was determined, hey, they are not losing this game because of me. And the ball came out my way, right? And so I'm, you know, I don't know, but I'm going to get, I'm going to stop this ball one way or the other, right? Well, I stopped it with my shin, and that hurt. <laughs> that hurt. But there's people on bases, and one, somebody's coming my way. So that really hurt. Okay, but I grab up the ball, and I'm stumbling to third. I'm going to beat her to it. Okay? Well, I did beat her to it, but just right before she fell on top of me. And it was, she was not my size. I did not play again. But, and I was hurt too. My legs, well, my shin was like, had a, it was like nurses probably. I should have got that drained, you know what I mean? It was bad. Like, I lost feeling and everything. Anyway. Okay, so I w- I'm not skillful with sports. I'm not. Okay. But Rex now, Rex can, Rex can make the basketball. He can play. The, he's skillful with it. Okay. I'm not. So this is what we need to do with the things of the Spirit. We need to be skillful about it. It's not just enough to know, okay, well, I know, you know, somebody hits the ball and somebody catches the ball and then somebody runs around. and I mean, that's not being skillful, right? So knowledge is key. Knowledge is important, but so is practice. Practice is important. Amen. We have to know how in order to practice, but you need to do both, right? Amen. So we are, we're learning about these things of the Spirit so that we can become skillful. And you notice that practice is usually done in private? Yes. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that the brain surgeon practiced on someone who was already dead before he dug around in your brain? Okay. <laughs> He's practiced on a few people that it didn't matter if he messed it up. Okay? So, he practiced. He didn't go, oops, next, you know, like, <laughs> well, that didn't work on her, but, you know, next person. Okay, so, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, we need somebody who knows what they're doing, right? He needs to be skillful because in, before he operates on a live person, right? And I practiced on my, you know that I practiced on my, some of my piano teachers on their time? Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I didn't practice at home. <laughs> so I went to my lesson and basically practiced with them sitting there going, 
you know. I was not prepared. I was not prepared for that time. You know, the recital is not the time to practice. The recital is not the time. That's the time that you should be ready. Amen. So this is how we have to kind of think about these things. In being skillful, it's important what we're doing in private. Yeah. And you may not be able to go, okay, well, I'm here in private. Now I'm going to practice operating in the gifts of healings. That may not be, you know, it's not going to happen like that. But there are things that we can do that are in private to be ready, to be prepared. Amen. And so that's what we're going to learn about some of those things. We want to be skillful. We don't want to just hit the shot 50-50. We want to be able to hit it every time. Amen. So how can we become skillful with the gifts, with the outpouring that God's of his glory and power that we want to experience? How do we become skillful at that? And so one way is that in private, in private, we have to begin to be more aware of God on, our, on the inside all the time, not just in church, not do I sense his presence here, okay? Because if, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, he's in you all the time. So we don't have to be in a church setting to, for you to sense God's presence and hear him speak to you. Right, so we have to, on our own, in private, every single day, you know, just practice, it's, you're okay, I mean, I guess you'll be, be okay if you practice once a week, but not as good as you're going to be if you practice every day. Okay, so every day, be aware of him on the inside, and listen for the Holy Spirit, that's who's going to deal with you on the inside, right? If he says, don't do something, well, don't do it. If he says, do something, then do it. Amen? We have to learn to be quick to yield to his leadings in those instances. Amen? This all goes along with being skillful in the things, that, because the gifts of the Spirit, you don't separate those from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one that's in you, trying to lead you and guide you all the time. Amen? Amen. And so the gifts of the Spirit will operate through us better when we learn to yield to him more, right? When we learn, we become more accurate more quick to obey, more prompt. Amen? Amen. So as he, as Chris continues to teach us about these different gifts of the Spirit, we should also, in private, be practicing being yielded to him. Amen? And it's not going to be some spectacular thing all the time. You just need to be God inside minded Be sensitive all the time. Amen? So... Something else I want to speak to us tonight about is just something else to consider about being a vessel, being a person that God can use in these things. Amen. And um, I think it was last Wednesday night, Chris was mentioning Matthew 9, 17, talking about the wineskins, talking about the wineskins and how new wine has to go into new wineskin, right? It can't be put into old wineskin because the wineskin would break. The wineskin would break, and then all the new wine be wasted. And so the old wineskin would not be able to hold or contain the new wine without being damaged. And I want you to think of that. You're the wineskin, by the way, right? We're the wineskins. So the old wineskin could not hold or contain that new wine. Because there's properties about wine that's in the fermentation process. I guess I don't know all about it. I read a little bit. I don't know anything about it, you know, <laughs> about that. 
I read a little, just enough today to know that, <laughs> that new wine, it's not done yet. You know what I mean? It's not done. It's in the process of fermentation. So there are lots of stuff going on. You know, it's, it's, there's movement, you know, with that. And so that in an old, unyielding, dry, brittle wineskin is going to break it. It needs flexibility. Okay. We're talking about us, right? We're talking about us. You know, everything old, it was once new. It was once new. So something that was fresh becomes stagnant. Okay. And that's why we can't expect this fresh outpouring from God to look exactly like something we've seen already. Now, I know elements are going to be the same. You know, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we can't expect it's going to fit in some box of what we've already seen. Amen? We've got to be obviously guided by the word and by the witness of our spirit, right? But we need to be flexible. We need to be willing to, if he says go this way, we're going to go this way. And then he goes, no, okay, now I want you to go here. This, we need to be ready to change our, what we're doing. Amen? Amen. Be ready to flow with what he's got. Uh, God is the God of the living. He's the God of the right now. He's the God of the now. Amen? He's not stuck in the past. So we shouldn't be stuck in the past. I mean, the past is gone. He's on to, he's on to new things. Amen? Y'all remember Moses? Moses and Joshua? So Moses dies, and then they do their mourning for 30 days. And remember what the Lord said to Joshua? Yeah, he said, uh, Joshua here, Moses, my servant, he's dead. Okay, now, so get yourself up and get on about what I'm telling you to do, you know. Get on about going into the promised land, okay. That was great. That was great. But he's dead. You get on up and, you know what I mean? God's the God of the right now. Amen. Amen. So we say we want that fresh outpouring from God. We want more of his glory, right, more of his power, more manifestation of his spirit. And we say we do, but do we really want that? Because think about that old wineskin. What happens on a new wine going into it? Amen? Uh, because I want us to consider this as we say we want these things. Okay, let's, let's turn over to Acts 5. I know we do want these things. I'm just going to challenge you that we can't have these things and be doing everything just the way we've been doing it and living our lives just the way we've been living and not making any changes. Amen? All right, Acts 5, beginning in verse 1. Now, I want you to, you know, the, I know most of you probably have read this, but they've just got experience, you know, a really great outpouring of God. People have been filled with the Spirit. Um, back up, you know, in verse, in chapter 4, verse 32, he's talking about now the multitude of those who believed they were of one heart and one mind, they were in unity. 
and neither did any, anyone say that anything they had was their own, but they all possessed things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord, and great grace was upon them all. So they, there was great power, great grace, an outpouring of the Spirit. I mean, they were all just like, hey, we're selling our stuff. It's giving it, you know, every, nobody had any need, you know. This is the atmosphere that we're coming into right here that I'm about to pick it up in verse 1 of chapter 5. It says, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife sold his possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? So basically he's saying, it was yours to do with what you wanted to do with it. It was yours to decide. It was yours to keep some or not keep some or whatever. Okay? But they made it appear as if they were giving it all. That they hadn't kept back any. It wasn't them keeping back something that was the problem. It was they're wanting it to appear as if they hadn't done that, right? In verse 3, it says, uh, no, verse 4, Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing those words, fell down and breathed his last. So he's, he's dead. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now, about three hours later, when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. So they dropped dead for lying. <laughs> They dropped dead for lying, guys. Okay, so we want a great move, a great outpouring, great power, great manifestations. Okay? They dropped dead for lying. So, goes back to new wine in old wine skin. Okay. And God knows this. God, it's not that it's not that he's oh, I, uh, you know, but this is this is my notes on the other here. Where there is greater measures of God's glory and power, there is less tolerance for sin. Sin and holiness can't occupy the same place. Okay. So it can't stand in, the, in his presence, you know what I'm saying? So it's not, it's just the fact of it being in the same presence. You know what I mean? The anointing removes the burdens and destroys the yoke. 
You don't want to be a burden and a yoke, right, to the presence and power of God in demonstration. I'm not trying to scare you. (laughs) I'm not trying to scare you, but we do need to think about this. We need to be sober about it. Amen. We've come, we've come a long way, and I don't mean that in a good way. I mean, I think, I feel like we're beyond, the, you know, typical Christians. I, I really do, you know. But the church has really, as a whole, come a long way. We've stepped way back from the fear of the Lord, right? And I have it printed out here. What is the fear of the Lord? It um, let's see, Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Do we hate evil? Or do we put up with it? Amen. Sin and holiness cannot occupy the same place. So we, we've got to clean house. We've got to clean house. Amen. Let's turn to Second Corinthians 6, please. I'm going to I'm going to start 2 Corinthians 6. I'm going to start in verse 14. It says, "Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever?" And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises... Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we have this promise, right, that he will dwell among us, that he's our God. We're his children. Amen. But he says to come out from among them. He says be separate. Separate yourselves. Amen. Let us cleanse ourselves. Who does it? We do it. And I really like this. Perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Perfecting that word. It's a process. It's a process. It's not all of a sudden you're just perfect in the holiness. You're not. It's a process. Perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. So out of reverence. Out of respect. Amen that we should be in the process of perfecting holiness. Amen. And it's not about works. It's not about works. But, I mean, just think about Ananias and Sapphira. I mean, God doesn't want us dropping dead when his greater presence fills this place. 
right? He's actually sparing us. Amen? Okay, so, but when God saves us, he doesn't want, he doesn't intend for us to stay the same. He doesn't. And so, but we have the help of the Holy Spirit. That is the good news. The good news is that we have the help of the Holy Spirit. He is our helper, the Bible says. Um, when it says over in 1 Peter 1.15, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. I mean, that sounds like a pretty tall order. To be holy in all that you do. But, but you can. You know, you can. With his help, you can. But the, our problem is when we try to do it by ourselves. We don't look to him to help us. We think, well, I mean, he says, do this, and so I'm going to work at it. I'm going to do it. But that's our problem. It's when we try to do it ourselves. If we would just learn to follow the Spirit, if we would just learn to follow the Spirit inside of us, so many questions would be answered. And, and life would be much easier. If we would just, I didn't say it would be without any trials or temptations or obstacles, but it would be easier. We would know the right answer. We would know the right answer, amen, if we were led by the Spirit. So how does he help us to live a holy life? Because he's our answer, right? And it goes back to being sensitive to him on the inside, amen. In, in every situation, in every, every day, every day you should just wake up and, what was that, Benny Hinn's book? <laughs> Good morning, Holy Spirit. You remember that? <laughs> I don't think I read that book, but, um, but that's good to do. You know, get up and just say, oh, Lord, I acknowledge you today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're with me today. You're helping me in everything I do. Help me to have a productive day. How about that? Help me not to waste my time doing things I don't want to do or don't need to do. Help me make the right choices today. Right? He'll help you anything you ask him to help you with. Amen? So we need to be sensitive to him. How else does he help us to live? Well, we got to do the word. We have to do the word. And I want to say, ignorance is no excuse. Because, I mean, I have the manual right here. And if I don't know what's in it, it's my own problem. Like I say with our kids, well, that sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> you know, if you don't know what this, that sounds like a personal problem because I've got it and I can read it, right? So ignorance is not an excuse. God expects you to grow up. He expects me to grow up and to do the word. Amen. So what do we do then? We need to examine ourselves. We need to examine. And I'm examining. I'm examining not you. I'm examining me. Amen. It is, and, it's, and that's what you should do. You should examine you and not your spouse and not the people sitting next to you because we're all at different places in our walks with God. Amen. So what he may be telling me to, that I need to tweak or change, he's going to be dealing with you about something else. And I guarantee you, every single person in here needs to be working on something. Okay? And he didn't say to judge your neighbor, he said to judge yourself. Okay? So we need to examine ourselves. You need to ask yourself, what are you putting up with? What are you putting up with that is hindering you coming up in holiness? 
okay? What, what sin, or it's not even necessarily a sin, it could be just be a care or an entanglement, okay? What are you just winking at? You know, a lot of times we put up with things just because we don't want to go through the effort of dealing with it, okay? Y'all are going to be proud of me. I put in, we, I put in a garden in my little raised beds, and we weeded today. I'm not pointing at Brother Paul. I'm pointing at my mom. <laughs> I actually did some maintenance on that garden today, so I'm doing good so far. So far, so good. But, you know, you plant a garden, and it's going along fine, and, but if a little critter starts, you notice, okay, some things are disappearing here, you know, but, okay, well, I don't really, I don't have time to fix that right now. And two, a couple more days go by and, oh, or, you know, the stink, the little, what are those, squash bug things? Get, okay, now you don't deal with those things right away. They're going to take out everything, okay? So that's what happens, okay? We don't deal with something and it grows. The problem grows. They bring other friends along, Right? Just because we didn't want to take the time to deal with something that was a nuisance, something that was hindering that garden from growing. So we do that with our lives, right? We put up for things too long. So we need to stop putting up with stuff that we know is wrong in our lives. Things that we know are wrong in our character or in our actions, how we behave or speak. Or, we need to stop putting up with stuff. I'm talking about ourselves, right? Because... Listen, an outpouring of God's glory and power is worth it. It's worth it. Amen. He's waiting on us. So what is the Holy Spirit dealing with you about right now? Like even right now, maybe as i am just been talking the past few minutes, maybe something's come up in you. You know, maybe something God's tried to deal with you about or been prompting you to change something. You know, that's, that's the thing I'm talking about, whatever that is for you. You need to address that, okay? And then he'll give you something else to work on. Because <laughs> you're still not done, I know. Because <laughs> I'm not, right? It's a progressive, it's progressive, right? It's what's called the process of perfecting holiness. Okay, it's a process. So you need to deal with that one thing. Deal with that one thing. And then, then find out what the next thing is. There are a few other verses I just want to read you real quickly that are really good. Um, oh, the Good News translation of that scripture I read, Second uh, Corinthians 7.1, it's really good. It says, all these promises are made to us, my dear friends. So then, let us purify ourselves from everything, everything that makes body or soul unclean, and let us be completely holy by living in awe of God. Another version says, we should honor God and try to be completely like him. You know, the, the soul, what's the soul? It's, it's our mind, our will, and our emotions, right? So you could say, let us purify ourselves from everything that makes the body, our mind, our will, our emotions unclean. We should purify ourselves from those things. Amen. Okay, those other scriptures here. I'll just give you the references. 
1 Peter 1.15, and I already referenced this one. It says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. 1 Peter 1.17, this is really good. Since you call, since you call on a father who judges each one's work impartially, conduct yourselves in reverent fear during your stay as foreigners. So we need to take this life seriously. I don't mean like we can't have fun, but you know what I mean? We need to be, we need to be thoughtful in how we conduct ourselves because this says to conduct ourselves in reverent fear, basically holy awe and respect, amen, for a holy God, amen. Another one, uh, this is really good, Psalm 119.9 says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed Thereto according to thy word. So basically, paying attention to what this says, amen, and doing it. Hallelujah. Those are some really good scriptures. And so, do we want our church to be a place that God can move? Amen. Where he can have his way. And we want to be a part. We want to have a part, at least in this region of the last day revival, don't we? Then we, we have to pursue holiness. So what is your assignment? Your assignment, because Pastor Nancy says every, every message, right, every sermon has an assignment. Here's your assignment. You're going to leave here, and you're going to be just asking God to show you, right? If he hasn't already been dealing with you, you can go ahead and ask him, and he'll tell you something. <laughs> How can I come up, Lord? I want to be more holy. I want to pursue holiness. What, what, what do I need to focus on? And he's going to reveal some things to you, amen? And I've got some specific areas that you could examine. These are, these are not all the areas, because I don't know everything about your life. But there's, these are kind of broad spectrum here for everybody. What are you watching or reading? Okay, that is so big. I mean, do you tolerate sin in entertainment? You know how, I mean, I, there are things on the TV nowadays. I mean, I won't watch them, but there, I'll see something. I don't even know all that's out there. I would probably, I would probably be shocked if I watched some just public broadcasting now. But, I mean, my grandparents would probably, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? We need to have that kind of, it, you know why we're not like that? You know why the majority of people are not like that? It's because we've been desensitized. It's viewing something over and over and over and over and over and over and over. We know it's wrong. We know it's wrong, but it's become common and accepted. And so now we are desensitized to it, and it doesn't shock us the way it should. I mean, I was in a mood the other night. You know, we had come out of those Reverend Joel meetings and just our meetings after that. And we had on a show that we have, I mean, I don't watch, I don't hardly watch any TV myself, but I mean, I was watching a show that we've watched, and they just said one thing, and I'm like, I mean, just something rose up in me, I'm like, why am I even putting up with that? Why, why would I want to watch that? You know, just one little word, like, is it worth sacrificing a move of God? We want a move of God. But, yeah, we're going to sit there and watch all this, I don't even want to use the words, you know what I mean, going on. And we're just, oh, ha, ha, ha. I'm going to sit here and watch it. 
Okay, so are you are you tolerating that? Um, I can't even go to a movie nowadays, hardly. Like, you know, if it means I never get to watch a movie again, if it means I never have to listen to another radio music, if it means I never read another book again other than the Bible, we need to get to that place because it's not worth it. Okay, so who are you hanging around? Who has the ear? Who has your ear? Who are your, you know, your friends? Who are you choosing? And I say choosing because you can't choose some people that you're around, right? But you can choose your, your hanging out buddies, okay? Are they good for you? Are they good for you? If they're not good for you, why do it? It's not worth it. What are you putting in your body? Amen? What are you speaking? Do you allow profanity just to come out of your mouth? Would you do that in the presence of Jesus? <laughs> I'm just saying, guys, we say we want, we say we want an outpouring of God. We say we want his power and demonstration. We don't want to drop dead like Ananias and Sapphira. Okay? So you just need to examine yourself and let God deal with you one thing at a time. You know, we don't need to be overwhelmed. Don't be overwhelmed leaving here like, oh, my gosh. You know, like I'm barely hanging. I'm barely going to heaven, you know. Don't do that. <laughs> like I'm one, I'm one thing from hell there. You know what I mean? Don't go out of here feeling like that. You know, that's not what I mean. But we got to embrace maturity. We've got to say, look, I'm willing to give up some things. I'm willing to cut some things loose if it means that I have more of God in my life. Amen. We have to be willing to do that. If we want to see, I mean, I guess you could. We could. Just keep on as we've been keeping on. Or we can make some decisions. Lord, I'm going to, each of us individually, and therefore corporately, right, we're going to come up in some things. We're going to stop putting up with stuff that the world puts up with because we're different, right? We're to be separate. We're to be different. And not, it's, uh, that's just, I'm, that's, I'm riled up about that now, guys. <laughs> it's like, why do we put it up with it? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Amen. So you got to ask yourself, whatever it is you're considering, does this help or does this hurt? holiness in my life. Amen. Amen. He's going to help us. Amen. You guys can stand up. Hallelujah.